0: You're listening to Self Worst. This is a podcast about failure, inspiration, day jobs, bad habits, and mental health. We talk about art. We talk about spiritualism. We talk about imposter syndrome, perfectionism, meritocracy, and mediocrity. We do sometimes talk about things like sexual assault, suicidal ideation, self-harm, trauma, and whatnot. So, you know, be advised. Each week... Artists, losers, dirtbags, musicians, degenerates, comedians, actors, fuck-ups, scholars, crazies, filmmakers, veterans, sluts, commies, weirdos, activists, addicts, teachers, fatties, queers, and all other types of beautiful people. Join me, Brad Pearson, not a doctor, not a therapist, not an expert, in a discussion of what to do with this stupid, sacred life are you blessed or are you cursed with a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst do you want to confide about the darkness inside come and talk about it on self-worst all right hello hi folks here we go another episode of self-worst hi i'm brad pearson the host of the show Self Worth Podcast, starring Brad Pearson, it's me. How y'all doing? How's your holiday season going along? It's the holiday season, like it or not. Here we are. We're a week away from Thanksgiving. Here we go. It's holiday time, and all that that implies it can be stressful for a lot of people, especially us uh, crazy folks. Uh, men- mental folks uh, mental, mental, mental health mental illness people neurodivergent people it's a lot it can be taxing all the stuff the family stuff the obligations the pressure to be cheerful all of that shit it can be a lot it's just a hard time of year man it's all dark and shit I'm tired. Right now, it's, oh my god, it's only 7.55. And it feels like it's, I don't know, 11.45 at night, at least. I'm fucking ragged, bro. I'm tired. I mean, I had a long day. Not to brag, but I had a very productive day today. Got up early. Did some exercising, feeling good about that. But this is not, I'm, I'm again, I'm not trying to boast because this is not a normal thing for me. I had a weird dream, couldn't get back to sleep. It was like 6 a.m. and I was like, you know what? Why don't I just start, I'll just do my Muay Thai. 7 a.m., just like get this shit out of the way. Then I can do whatever for the rest of my day. I'll be done at 7.45 and I'll have the whole day. get that endorphin rush gonna feel great and it does oh feels great first thing in the morning you've already like sweated it out it's amazing if I could do that every day if I could will myself out of bed every day and start exercising at 7am and have it all done with and like showered and done and like that's it shit's in the laundry we wipe our hands of it by like 8am oh my god if I had that discipline, woof. But I don't. It's not a usual thing for me. I had a weird dream. I had this weird dream I was in a uh I was in New York City, but I was at a Target, but it was like a suburban Target. With like a full parking lot and like the big red concrete spheres and shit. You know what I'm talking about? Like a regular ass suburban target. And I had a car in this universe and it wasn't unusual that there was a target. There are targets here. For those of you who don't live in New York City, there are targets. But they're like weird and they're like in a two-tier building. And you got, there's like an escalator in the middle of the target. There's a special escalator that your cart goes on and your shopping cart goes on. It's very weird. I've never seen anything like that. It's just, it's, it's marvelous. It's a marvel of technology. It's, it's comforting in a way. You get a ride to ride the little escalator next to your cart, and you're like, oh, good, there's all my stuff. It's still there. It's right next to me. I'm okay. I'm fine. This is all I know is being a little consumer boy. It's comforting in a weird way to be in this department store. But anyway, I was in this fictional dreamscape department store, Target, that doesn't really exist, somewhere in New York City, I got my fucking car towed I don't even have a car in real life but in this I did and I had a history with that car and I was upset I was really mad because I was like of all the places in New York City they're so ruthless with parking and all that shit ticketing towing and I I park legally I'm just fine I'm in a Target parking lot. There wasn't even a lot of cars in there. It was like an empty lot. It was very early in the morning or late at night or whatever. Sun wasn't out. Nobody there. And I somehow got towed. I somehow knew that it had been towed, not stolen, in the dream, too. I don't know. Dreams are weird, right? I woke up so mad. It didn't even matter that I don't have a car and that target doesn't exist and like it was fine, I don't have to pay that ticket, I don't have to go to the impound lot or anything, I don't have to do any of that. I was still just like, fucking those all those motherfuckers. So I had that energy starting the day. And I was like, I need to punch something. So I did. I've been do I've been pretty good about it this week. I've been I've been doing a lot last couple weeks Been doing the been doing the Muay Thai been doing the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. yeah, hey, I've been going to the gym. And no, we don't wear masks at the gym. We're all vaccinated. I don't know what to t- I don't know what to tell you. It is the Wild West out here? I think we've all kind of lost the plot as to what we're supposed to be doing or not supposed to be doing with COVID stuff. I don't know. Uh, if I'm around, if I'm in a building, an enclosed place, and we're all most likely actually vaccinated, and nobody's faking it, could be some people faking it, but I feel like we're all pretty cool. Then I'm not gonna wear the mask because we're it's it's hot in there. I don't know, dude. We're on our own now. We've been on our own. I don't know what to I don't know what to tell you. Hope y'all are doing whatever you feel is the most safe hope you're getting that booster shot I got my booster it's all good but like I I don't I don't know I don't know and then and then I and then I talked to other people who were like oh I'm I'm not I'm still not going to the gym and I mask all the time and like even if I'm outside I'm like (laughs) Uh, okay, I mean, uh, cool. I mean, I guess that's. I guess that's maybe what we should all be. I don't know. Fuck. Whatever. Can't do it anymore. There's not gonna be another lockdown. There's not gonna be another anything. There's not gonna be another stimulus check. We're done. It's just gonna keep ripping through the population. <laughs> it's just a thing that exists now. Ah, it's bad. It's bad out there, folks. But hey, we have each other. We have this podcast. Isn't that what matters? Walked all my dogs and I'm posting this episode right now, tonight. Yes, I hate to break it to you. This is not live. This is not a live broadcast. You cannot call in. You can DM me. You can email me to, I don't know, yell at at me about COVID protocols if you want. If you want. My ears open. If you have a suggestion, I don't know, dude. Selfworst at gmail.com, uh Bradical Pearson on Instagram and Twitter, Selfworst on Instagram. Hit me up if you got questions. If you want to know more about the little uh escalator at the Target, I can tell you more about it. It's pretty fun. I do I still wear a mask when I go to Target. Don't remember if I was wearing a mask in the dream. Does it matter if you're unmasked in the dream or you unmasked in real life like Freddy Krueger situation can COVID get you in your dreams fuck I I didn't even think about that anyway it's gonna be tomorrow when I post this bright and early it's gonna be Thursday it's Thursday hello Thursday people the usual day. Presumably, the sun will be out for a uh, for a minute. I saw the sun come up today, saw it go down. Not a whole lot of stuff happened, but in between, this is very fast. I still got all this shit to do. It's crazy. I'm, my body is like, no, we're done, right? We got to sleep. We did a lot of shit today. And I'm like, no. But it's like, but it's dark. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I got to do shit. We got to keep going. Am I going to be able to keep this pace up? No. Am I going to do a 7 a.m. exercise tomorrow? Probably not. Probably going to sleep. It'll catch up. At some point. But, you know, I'm at the point where I can string a couple of good days together. Where I'm productive and, like, really firing on all cylinders. Getting my shit done. And that feels nice. Going out having a, you know, having a life. Going and seeing stuff. Going to comedy shows. Yes, we're all vaccinated. Blah, blah, blah. Man. The day when I don't have to qualify, uh, uh and socially distance or whatever, of course. I can't wait. I really can't. Ugh. Man. We're never going to get there, are we? This is just another qualification we're going to have to add to everything. God damn it. The world is bad. Speaking of, my guest this week, oh my god, I've been talking for so long, I haven't even mean, introduced my guest. I'm fucking punchy right now. My guest is a podcaster, comedian, musician, cool guy, Pennsylvanian, Andrew Hillary. He runs a show, a podcast uh called Worst Week Yet. It's a current events podcast, and they you know they talk about the the constant horror show that is constantly unfolding before our eyes that is just the real world. And just all the humanity and depravity, cruelty and stupidity. But it's funny. Because you, you might as well make it funny. I don't know. It'd be funny about it. He, he, it he's the only kind of permanent guy. He's like the main dude on this show. He's got sort of a rotating cast of all these other uh, weird folks. They're all they—they they all got that like weird Western PA accent. That's a weird accent. Pittsburgh is a seems like a crazy place. One of the great American cities. One of the most distinctive, crazy accents. All this weird slang that's one of the things that like atmospherically that I like the most about this show I mean also like it's you know good takes they're funny engaging good politics but also just I feel like so many podcasts they're all made in New York or LA and you get the same kinds of people you know including this one the same references to the same places you don't hear a lot about places like Pittsburgh. It's a hidden gem. It seems like a really interesting city. Never been, actually. Been to Philadelphia. I know that's a whole different thing. Philly is also a cool city, but I know that Pittsburgh is, is like a whole other animal, right? I feel like Pittsburghers, or whatever they're called, would have something to say. I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble with Pittsburgh listeners. If 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 Yins Pittsburghers are gonna flock to this show because because of Andrew directing you to this show, I don't want to besmirch your fine city. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's tight. I've heard nothing but good things. I want to go one day. Maybe I will. I don't know. Anyway, that's about it. I don't I don't got much else to say. In fact I think that's plenty. Oh my god, I've been talking for like fifteen minutes. Jesus. What am I even saying? I need the son. I need my son. My family. That's my uh Harrison Ford. My wife! My family! You know, he's always talking about that in his movies. He's always just trying to, like, hang out with his family. And then some bad guys are trying to get his family, and he has to kick some ass. You stay away from my family! Oh, Harrison Ford is so handsome, bro. That's a hunk. I know there's all these other, like, there's, like, new school hunks. They're all chiseled and shit. They're all like Marvel movied out. But Harrison, that's a relatable hunk. This intro is really going off the rails. I think we should probably go to the interview now. Right? Okay. I'm going to hit you up on the other side of the show. I got some more, you know, plugs and whatever to say. But for now, let's talk to fellow dog walker, fellow comrade, fellow podcaster,
1: Andrew Hillary. Let's go.
0: Uh so uh how much time do you got? Do you got a hard out or anything?
1: No, I don't have shit. Hell I don't yeah. have shit going on. Hell yeah. So <clears throat> oh, All right, wait, no, I have to watch the Pete Buttigieg documentary. Tonight. Oh god. Why? <laughs> Cuz I like torturing my patrons by reviewing bad documentaries.
0: Ah, right. Yeah, so that's a thing. I mean, that is pretty good bonus content. Like I I I'm really bad at thinking of bonus content for for my for my like four patrons. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's hard to it's hard to um I don't know. I was, like, doing, like, sad music for
1: a while, like, sad-ass sad, sad ass music that I'm into. And then I kind did of you re- off of that. And- did you release, like, a bonus episode into your main feed about uh, about some, fuck, it was about some band. That was, like, I think I remember you saying it was, like, something you normally do for the Patreon, but you released Yeah, it. I
0: think I did, like, the first one, and it was about Bright Eyes.
1: Okay, that's what it was, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah
0: but uh yeah, I don't know anyway uh good to finally meet you. I've been listening to your stuff uh like what you're doing and uh you know we're uh we're having a we're having a nice little uh uh discussion on a on a Monday night.
1: It's chilly out I'm having a Guinness um oh i've got a i got a nice fancy bottle of pittsburgh tap water here hell yeah so i'm i'm doing good how is the tap water in pittsburgh i mean it's not bad it's not bad you can. Uh, you can taste the the lead but it's, it it gives it a little bit of flavor you know yeah that's just minerals yeah minerals are good i yeah. don't want i don't want to be anemic
0: <laughs> talk a little bit about your uh your podcast uh worst week yet um it's it's uh, fairly self-explanatory by the title i think but uh go on
1: yeah, well, I've always wanted to, like, just talk about current events and news, and uh, I got the idea. I was like, oh, I'm going to call the podcast The Worst Week Yet. Like, haha, that's funny, because, like, you know, there's shows like Best Week Ever, mm-hmm. like Worst Week Ever, and I'm like, all right, I'll just do Worst Week Yet, because that hasn't been used for anything yet. You know, it's an available name. It's an available website. Yes. And uh, the, I did not anticipate how much the show would, like, live up to its name. Like, once I'm, like, You know, I was, like, kind of aware of the news before, but now that I'm, like, researching and reading headlines and, like, trying to read through, like, 30 news stories a week, I'm like, oh, it just continuously gets worse and worse. (laughs) Like,
0: It is a beautiful way of hedging your bets and uh, and just really anticipating the inevitable, which is it's just going to get worse and worse. Like, we we all know this in the back of our minds, and, you know, here we go. Here we are.
1: Yeah, um, I've explained it on a couple other podcasts. I, I've guessed it on three podcasts in the last two days, so this is wild. Wow. This is this is a big this is a big week for Andrew Hillary. But I I said the same thing. I don't know what the crossover listeners c- crossover listeners are like, but uh, people have asked me before. They're like, "Well, what do you do if there's a good week?" And my answer is always like, "Well, I haven't come up with a plan for that, but I seriously do not anticipate it." <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not. It's hard. hard.
0: Like, yeah. I mean, like, if you're talking about just, like, the world in general current events, you personally can have a, a good week. Um, I, I also
1: no... don't anticipate that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you had,
1: you, had, you had kind of a bad day today. I had. So, uh, Brad, you and I share a job. Um, I, in addition to being the most famous ice cream man on planet Earth, mm-hmm. I'm also a dog walker. Ah. And I had the second worst kind of day you can have as a dog walker. Okay. Obviously, the first one is is, if you
0: accidentally kill the dog. Kill or injure a dog, yeah.
1: Yeah. So the second worst kind of day is if you're walking a dog Mm -hmm. and a truck drives by and the dog, for no reason at all, jumps up, slips out of its harness in one fell swoop and fucking takes off. (sighs) So, uh... I live in Pittsburgh and the neighborhood I was in is like extremely like hilly, like lots of ups and downs. Like it's Pittsburgh's basically at the edge of a mountain range. So like there's no flat part of Pittsburgh. Uh, And in this neighborhood, I'm like running up and down hills. This dog was like it was doing the dog thing where it'll be like a block away and it'll see you and it'll stop. And then as you get like closer and closer, it's like, okay, okay, now I'm off again. Right. So I'm just chased. And then eventually I lost the dog and i'm like asking everybody that's walking by like have you seen a dog i'm like coughing my fucking lungs up like i've the most i've ran in the last 10 years might be equivalent of one city block right and i it i had to have run like 2 or 3 miles today like up and down hills like chasing this fucking dog um eventually I lost the dog. I called the owner. I called the person who owns the dog walking yeah. company. I'm like, I don't know. What to do. I don't know. How um, did that feel?
0: How long before? Because I've fucked up in these sorts of ways. Not super often, but it's happened. I'll tell you about it. Uh, but for me, there's like this, this balance point of like, when do I call them? <laughs> like, when do I let yeah. them know? Like,
1: when do I like, when is it no longer? I can't brush this under the rug anymore. <laughs> you know, once once I lost eyes on the dog, I was like, OK, yeah, this is not something I know how to fix. Like, right. I mean, I got this job dog walking like my friend owns this company. It's like two other employees or something. Mm-hmm. And like she just gives me an address. I go walk a dog. I don't I don't even fucking like dogs that much. I'm a cat person. Like, You're a cat guy. But yeah. But like, do- I mean, you just walk up and down the street, pick up their poop. Dogs are dog walking is a relatively easy job. Sure. I was like, yeah, I can do this for some money. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, wh- the dog got out and I was like, okay, shit. Once I lost eyes on him, I called my boss. She called the owner. The owner started posting like Facebook neighborhood groups. And how like, did they take it? Were they like, God damn you. Or are they like, oh shit. Okay. Well, thanks for telling me. Or, and like,
0: you know, this shit happens.
1: Well, my boss was like, my boss luckily was like, God damn it. I hate when people have these, uh, harnesses for their dogs. Dogs can slip out of harnesses. What kind of a so, harness like, my boss, was it? I, I don't know. <laughs> Again, I'm a cat person. Right. <laughs> it was like one that like, you know, you it's you wrap it around their belly and then clip it behind their shoulders or whatever. Uh, like, did do dogs you, have shoulders? Dogs have <laughs> shoulders. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. You don't use like a, a like a backup. Like a, I our company, we always use a like a backup safety chain which um, to, I'll tell you more about that later because I, <laughs> I had an incident um, that that strongly convinced me to uh, always use those. Um, okay. But, well, I'm, so, I might, I may look into it. <laughs> so they they uh, took they did did they find the dog? did they did they recover the
1: the dog. Okay, so she's the owner's posting in all these Facebook groups. I'm driving around in circles. My boss is driving around in circles. Uh-huh. Like an hour and a half goes by, two hours maybe, and we get a phone call from somebody that is like three miles away, across a uh, like not a like an interstate highway, but like a like right. Pennsylvania state road, like a busy fucking road. Uh, the dog has like made it all the way across, like to the other side of this neighborhood, Jesus. and. Like, went into a park, and there was a family in the park. The dog just walked up to the family and was, like, hanging out with his family. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the
0: thing. Like, the dog is probably just having, like, a a great time. The the dog is, like, in that situation, up until something bad happens, like, you know, like, I mean, the nightmares, they get hit by a car, which, like, you know, if cars didn't exist, dog getting lost... would not be that big of an issue, you know, like or a cat yeah. getting out of the house, a dog getting off the chain would not be that big of an issue like they like you'd find them eventually. But we live in, mm-hmm. you know, car culture, Um even in New York City here, like, you know, like a lot of people don't drive, but a lot of people fucking do. Um, yeah, I've been to New York. There's still plenty of traffic, there's still plenty of goddamn <laughs> cars. And, um, y- you know, that's what just makes it like a real fucking nightmare. You know, just just this like grid of death that you have to like navigate this dog through because they just have no concept of like what
1: a car is and what it can do to them. Like they just don't Mm -hmm. fucking know. Yeah. So the dog is home safe. I'm going to go ahead. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't speak dog, but like if I could, I'd be willing to wager that this dog literally had the best day of its life right you fucking asshole <laughs> like, yeah dude I got to like run across town and go to a park I shit, saw this dude. big
0: truck and then I got <laughs> out of my
1: thing and then I just ran and ran
0: and this guy was chasing me and it was a fun game for a while and then I eventually I mean he couldn't run very fast he was pretty out of shape and like just he was, was smoking like, a cigarette I was yeah he was up just a hill. he just <laughs> couldn't he couldn't keep up and I just kept going and going and I crossed this big ass road and like came to a park and met this chill family like oh man he's <laughs> having the, the best time I, a couple of years ago, uh, was walking this dog. I was actually setting up to, um, I was going to spend the weekend with this dog. Um, mm-hmm. and it was like a little kind of chihuahua-ish dog that I'd, I'd sat before. Like we had like a good relationship. I had a good relationship with the owners and like really liked this dog. Um, but I was like, I just biked over there like first thing in the morning and I had all my shit with me and I was like frazzled and like, you know, like get a, get like, it's really hot out. Let me get all this stuff off my bike. And you know, like I biked over here from bed and uh, so like first I was like, okay, I have a little bit of time before I have to start on my walk. So I'm going to first just like let them out real quick just to like let them pee. And then I'm going to come back to them later this afternoon. Right. Okay uh because i they had left the owners had left early in the morning this was like 10 a.m right mm-hmm. I was like, let them go pee so they don't piss in the house before you come back and i was just like you know protocol is we put them in their harness that is you know assigned to them like that the owner says like this is what you put them in and we have these little um i can show you one i don't know if i have one on me but it's like a little uh slip chain it's like a chain okay. with two rings at the end and you loop the chain through yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. rings, I know what you mean. and it goes around mm-hmm. their neck. And you use that in addition. It only engages if they slip out of the harness and then there's something else that's going to hold them there for a second. Um, mm-hmm. It's not foolproof. They could slip out of both at the same time. I've had a dog almost do that. Um, luckily, I like caught them before they could. But like it definitely could help out. But anyway, I was like, yeah, fuck all that. I'm tired. And I just like just like clipped the leash to just this dog's collar and just had this little collar mm-hmm. on and we went outside and it saw a dog that it knew across the street and just went right. like, Oh, Hey, and just like ran out towards it. And the buckle for the collar just popped open. Um, good God! Cause it, it wasn't meant to, you know, it was just like some top right. yeah. collar with its tags on it and just ran straight out into the street under a car that was coming down the street went between the wheels like when i saw it i was like oh cool dog's dead i just killed that fucking dog um but it went like the car kept going and like he was still just like running across the street and i was just like wow okay so like i don't like i don't this all happened in like a second and um then like he got sort of like, I think he like sort of realized what just happened was just like, well, that was weird. And then just like bolted off towards Prospect Park, which is this massive mm-hmm. park in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was chasing after him and I was just like, OK, well, he didn't get hit the first time, but there's like a traffic circle he's about to go through and he's mm-hmm. going to get hit. And also, he doesn't have his tags on him. You know, was Just so I was like running yeah. after this stupid little dog that was just having a great time. And it was like, we and just like running towards the park. Let's go to the park. Oh, boy. And, you know, just like screaming, screaming his name, crying. And, like, people were, you know, looking at me like, oh, no. Like, oh, I saw him. He went that way. Like, people were being <laughs> nice and trying to help. But I also, yeah. like, didn't yeah. want to, anybody to see me. I didn't want to exist right then. Um, you know, and... Eventually, I caught up with him. He was just like he ran out onto the bike path uh, in this park and just like ran up to this cyclist and was like, "Hey, what's up?" And the the guy just sort of like picked him up and just was like, "Oh, hey, is this your dog?" And I was like, <laughs> and like you know, um, and got him home safe. He was fine. He was unharmed. It was a miracle. But it was just like, well, several people saw that and i'm going to have to tell the owners about this because like the person who saw like whose dog it was who that he ran after was like their friend so Mm it's like there's no way that i'm just going to be like let's just pretend this didn't happen and just sort of walk away because it was just like your friend saw you with the dog across the street and saw it run out into traffic like this was a fiasco so uh i was just like cool got to tell my boss, got to tell the owner that like, Hey, oops, Mm -hmm. your dog got away. And it was because of my just, you know, just my dumb fuckery, you know? And like, when you fuck up at a job like that, that you're just like, God damn it. Like, shouldn't it like any idiot be able to do this? Like, can I like, (laughs) I'm in my thirties and I'm fucking this up. Like, what the fuck? Like, what am I good for? If I can't even fucking do this shit? Like, Oh my God, just, just the worst feeling
1: yeah it's uh it's it's not a good feeling i still have have not really come down it was so because it was like it was long like it was a while before my boss got there like at least an hour Uh. of just pure fucking panic and running and up and down and like this because the neighborhood has so many hills like you can't see more than like a block because it's like either up a hill or down a hill yeah so like you you, there's nowhere to get like a good lay of the land the dog ran up like a hill and then it got over the crest of the hill i couldn't see which way it went so i'm just like walking around blind like where did the dog go um and yes it does not feel good to be a man in your 30s and be like i cannot handle a a dog walk (laughs) yeah this is above my pay grade apparently great
0: Uh, (laughs) it's bad it's bad. I don't know. Like, I, I, I think, you know, we have this in common that I think we've taken on just like a lot of just sort of like, I don't know, for lack of a better term, just like sort of like dumb slacker jobs, I guess. Oh, yeah. that's the, the, the only like, kind
1: of job I want. Yeah. For but, sure. like,
0: but also, you know, I, I don't think that. I don't think that any job should be written off as just like a bullshit slacker job like that necessarily, because Mm -hmm. I do understand that, you know, and I understood going into this that like, yeah, it's not a lot of money and it's fairly laid back and the schedule. You know, you can like kind of make your own schedule and you have a lot of free time and like it's independent and like, you know, it's it's a fairly lax job, but also you are responsible for somebody's like best friend, somebody, so like yeah. somebody's like a member of their family, like people. Like, also, you if, have if you fuck like, up
1: at work, you kill somebody's kid. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's
0: like it, it's it's like that is a serious responsibility um, mm-hmm. that you know that that I do take really seriously. Um, and just you know once or twice I've been caught with my guard down, and like it hasn't gone well um but you know that's that's a you know law of averages and in, in like a you know I've been doing this for like five years, you know, it's just some um, shit happens,
1: yeah, so welcome to Self worst, a podcast about walking dogs, <laughs> walking um. dogs and <laughs> sucking at it um yep. <laughs> podcasts where two men in their 30s can't handle a very simple task yeah Uh, (laughs) it's a bad
0: feeling i don't know like i I, yeah i've struggled with this a lot just feeling um useless or feeling like i have no place in Mm -hmm. you know just adulthood and capitalism and uh the job market and anything that like everything that i'm good at just isn't really a thing that uh i can make any kind of money on and then like what what do you do with that i don't know
1: yeah no i definitely feel that too it's like uh i mean as much as i want to be an anti-capitalist and like have that like those leanings like there's still the capitalist inside my head that's like what purpose are you serving for society like yeah. know, like and uh yeah you know just kind of got to keep making podcasts so you can be like, no, no, no. I'm doing something else. This is cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am doing something. I, you know, I, um, in your pre-interview form, you talked about how, you know, your, your parents are both very kind of self-made, um, and, uh, and that you always felt, um, you know, I circled the word lazy, uh, that you're just always, you said that you, uh, you know, I was always kind of lazy and didn't really like, you know, uh, do much so far as like the, the, the escalator, the ladder climbing, um, that your Mm -hmm. siblings all did. Um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that because I, I think that the term lazy gets thrown about a lot and gets, uh, cast at people, uh, pretty, pretty freely, but I don't, I, you know, I, I,
1: the impression that I get from you is not that you're a lazy person. Well, it's kind of it's kind of dependent on how much I want to do the thing. And I will put an incredible amount of effort into things that I actually want and enjoy. Mm-hmm. But anything else that is just like, you know, survival or advancement, I will just do the bare minimum. And I kind of always have like uh, I don't, I'm sure you get a lot of folks on the, on your pod that were like, uh, yeah, I was in the gifted program as a kid or whatever. Yeah. Like literally from like two years old, my, like I took the gifted test or two second grade, sorry, second grade, I took the gifted test or whatever. And they were like, wow, you're very intelligent. And I was like, okay, cool. And then they put me into all these like upper level classes. And like, what I learned very quickly is that like, you can get decent grades if you just know how to take a test and then you can just fuck around and do no other work whatsoever. Yeah, And like, you're not, you're not going to be straight A student. I never was, but like, I got, like, one of the highest scores in my school on, like, all the standardized tests and stuff. Like, I just, I figured out that, like, you can essentially get a satisfactory job done by putting in, or or at least I could, by putting in almost no effort. And that leaves a lot of room for enjoyment. And uh, to me, that's, like, fucking more worth it. Like, I would rather just sit around on the couch and uh, you, like, watch a movie and not have, like, a career escalator path that I'm following, then like, f- just f- take away that free time to you know maybe have a bigger paycheck ten years from now. It's just not worth it to me.
0: Yeah, it's hard to uh, I don't know. I've never felt like I really fit in with the the ambitious sort of capitalist order um, that that's what you're supposed to do and like the hustle culture and like you know the grind entrepreneur shit like. Mm -hmm. I just never felt I feel passionate about a lot of things, but I don't feel passionate about the idea of like a job. A job to me has always just been a thing that like, well, we have to do that because you know you yeah you literally like I, shit just needs to get done people's dogs need to get walked and somebody's got to do it and you know we a job we don't live in fully automated you know gay space communism mm-hmm. so like you know yet not yet <laughs> so people i'll, I'll let you <laughs> so people you know yeah. they just yeah they like you gotta do some shit so
1: to me like a job or even a career uh, it's it's always been more of a job than anything to me but like it's just something that you do so that you have enough money to like survive and like, hopefully enjoy yourself. And like, I found myself in a situation like I live in Pittsburgh. My rent is two hundred and sixty dollars a month. Jesus. Like, I I bought my car last year flat out after like the unemployment and the, like, you know, I picked up some shifts doing the ice cream truck. Like I literally, it takes me less than a thousand dollars a month, not just to survive bare minimum, but to like kind of have a pretty sweet life as a single childless person. And like, I have no fucking ambition to do anything more because I get a lot of time to myself to like do whatever I want with. And even if it's just like sitting around on my couch or like playing guitar for six hours or going to six open mics in a week and bombing my dick off every time. Like I would rather do that than like go to four years of school so that I can have a retirement. Maybe like, right. I don't know. And I'm also very poor at planning for like the future in a way that like, I guess it's the capitalist inside my head. It's like, well, what are you going to do? Like, you know, you don't have healthcare. Like you don't like, what are you going to do if you get sick or like how, you know, how will you ever buy a home? But like, also I'm like, I don't know, dude, I'll probably, I I could also just die at at any point. Like people just die sometimes. So like, it's like, how much do I want to risk? Like guaranteeing that I will not enjoy a certain percentage of my life to maybe have an easier later percentage of my life. Like the only thing that's guaranteed is like right now. And I'm trying to live it up right now. You know, the, uh, I'm glad
0: You've made this point on your show, um, and I've made uh, kind of a similar point uh, that there is there has to be a distinction between uh, optimism or between between pessimism and nihilism. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't consider myself a nihilist and I don't think you are either. Um, you know the, the difference is, I mean like there are things that I believe in and I believe in a right and wrong. Sorry there's sirens that live right off of a highway it fucking sucks um there there are things i believe in and i believe that there's a right and wrong but i just think that wrong pretty much always prevails you know like this, yeah. there is good and evil but evil wins and uh i'll work for the good i see in the world but like i don't see it actually working
1: out mm-hmm yeah like uh, i don't know I, I I used to like just jokingly call myself a nihilist, but like I th- I think I'm definitely more of like a like a pessimist. But like I don't know, I'm kind of fun at parties. Like like I don't right. like I feel like nihilism. It's like knowing for certain that nothing good will ever happen or whatever. And like I haven't ruled out the possibility. I'm not like trying to like bum people out and be like, no, you don't understand. It's always going to be terrible. It's only going to get worse. It's like I don't know. Probably will, but like we can maybe have some fun. In the meantime, right, right. I don't know. Did you ever have like a,
0: um, you know, like a bright eyed, bushy tailed, uh, like optimistic, you know, idealistic youth? Was that ever you? It was
1: until sh- not really, but like I like things were going pretty well until I was in like third grade or uh, second or third grade or something. And I had to switch schools And I just like I had like a decent social circle in the school I was in, like things were, you know, I I wasn't like a hugely popular kid. But like, you know, I had enough friends. It was like pretty average and I was pretty happy at that. And then I went to like my house burned down. So like my family moved and I went to another school and like for whatever reason, I like was like the biggest nerd in school and like could not shake that for years like from elementary school into middle school which is like you know probably among the worst times to be start getting bullied and stuff like that um so that like kind of turned things on their heads for me at some point in there i don't know like i want to be able to pin down exactly when it started but like it going from like like the traje- it feels like the trajectory of my uh you know budding social life vastly altered at that point because i'm a uh <laughs> I, I'm already like a people pleasing person. So it was fine whenever like I was like kind of accepted, but when I wasn't accepted, I was like, oh, I need to make everybody like me. Right. <laughs> so then uh I just dug my hole deeper. Like it started off where I was an outcast and I was like, no, you guys. <laughs> like, right. It just made everything worse. Um and so that that like really spun me out. And then in like high school, uh I got into like punk rock and making music and skateboarding and like found my click. And like, I don't know, it it never, I definitely never got back to like the place that I felt good in early in childhood. But, you know, I found my place and figured out how to make people like me uh, without pushing too hard or whatever. That sounded manipulative. I figured (laughs) out how to make people like me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's uh, you, you do have to kind of, I don't know force people into it sometimes or, mm-hmm. or, or or convince you know like convince because there's so many people in the world and like yeah how do you stand out from the crowd first of all how do you not just like blend into the fabric and get just ignored and then once you're like people actually have their eyes on you how do you like convince them that they like what they see like it's it, it's <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of questions there especially like in you you know you're already uh, a pretty, you know, an intelligent kid, but you've already realized that, um, you don't, or you don't feel compelled to apply, you know, that intelligence necessarily to anything. So you just have this mm-hmm. just extra, you know, brain power, extra energy spinning around in your head all the day, all, all the day. And, um,
1: it, you know, it's gotta, it's gotta go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you know, I do comedy and I do a co- the relatively co- comedic podcast now. And that like part of me has always been there, but I didn't start doing comedy until I was 30. Like I'd never, like I always had that desire to make people laugh and to get that positive feedback, that attention, whatever. But like it, it took me a lot of growing before I was like able to get to a place where I'm like, I can do this without overdoing it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you talked a little bit in the uh, pre-interview form about codependency um, and that a lot of your um, issues revolve around that. Can you talk, can you expand on that a little bit? Uh, give us like sort of an overview of your experience with with codependency.
1: Well, um it's you know not qu- not it's not not too big of a deal. It's only uh painted every interaction I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life. Um uh, <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Um I listen to a lot of podcasts about like mental health, so I've like I'm I might sound like somewhat well versed on this, but I promise I'm just like regurgitating shit that I've heard uh and think that I know more. i am done in Krugering. your audience right now, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Um, I've always understood that I had, like, some kind of depression uh, dealing with relationships, whether it's, you know, close friends or romantic relationships. It's always been there. Uh, I I knew that I got, like, really attached to people, but, like, I didn't, like, really understand what it was. I just, like, uh, you know, in high school, I'd be like, yeah, I fall in love with every girl I meet. What's the big deal? Everybody does that, right? Yeah. And, you know, like, I would be completely infatuated with people that I'd known for a day and stuff. Like, just very unhealthy um, attachment forming. Um, again, did not have the, the language for it then. Uh, a few years ago, I was listening to this one really cool podcast called The Mormon and the Meth Head. Whoa. Uh, and they did an episode about codependency where they're talking about, the the two hosts were talking about, like, their attachment styles and their like avoidance and like attention seeking and like how everything was kind of tied into this codependency. And it like clicked for me. It's like, oh, fuck. Like this is the word for the thing that's been happening. Like I just latch on to people because like, you know, uh, I'm scared to be alone. I I need somebody to be there. I need someone to complete me, whatever. and so for like a few years, I was like, OK, I kind of I kind of get this now. Like, this is cool. I figured it out. Problem is I didn't understand the root of it. So I just kept doing the same stupid shit for three or four more years, making the same kind of uh, dating and relationship, you know, rapid attachment. Right. Throwing all my eggs into every basket that presented itself to me. we were just like, no, this um, is just what love is. This is just what relationships are yeah you, i was like did, hey you, i'm codependent you fall I know that. head over that heels means... <laughs> for somebody
0: who's like way too intense way too fast and then they crush you and then exactly. you feel really terrible yeah and that's just that's just love baby
1: so what happened is earlier this year um i dated a girl uh briefly this is like for like five weeks or something maybe six weeks yeah. um i dated a girl who told me early on in the like, maybe like the first or second week, we, no, it was, it was on our first date. What am I talking about? We like put all our eggs, cards on the table. That's always, yeah that's always, a, yeah, that's always, yeah, that's <laughs> always just, just, just
0: really like, you know, trauma bomb the person.
1: Yeah. Um, but it was mutual. So like it felt fine. Uh, right. you know, it was just a volley she told of trauma me, missiles. She told me that she had borderline personality disorder. Now, sure. it's like one of those things I've heard a lot, I've heard it before. Uh, but like I never really like looked into it too much i never really understood it like she asked me like do you know what that is i was like no nah, not really but you know whatever uh it's our first date obviously i love you like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh so then like within a few weeks like it was a very in- fast and intense relationship that of course exploded violently mm. well not violently so, uh, traumatically um nobody was punching anybody it's right <laughs> right right, right. Poor choice of words when talking about a not failed physi- relationship. Not physically violent, <laughs> You yeah. should make that yeah. caveat. Yes. Um, so after that, uh, my roommate was like, oh, Yin's broke up? Like, yeah, you said she had BPD, right? I was like, yeah. And he sent me um, a link to this trauma counselor named AJ Muhari, who is she specializes in um, pre- people who have previously dated Uh, borderline personality disorder people. So um, I started watching these videos. And so what AJ Mahari did, she broke down a lot of what BPD is. But she also spent a lot of time breaking down what makes people attracted to um, these cluster B personalities like borderline and bipolar. Um, it's because and, they're intense. They're intense
0: and interesting, and they usually got bomb pussy. And, like, you know, it's just,
1: <laughs> you can't help well, it. Well, that, no, there is a, a deeper meaning to that. The reason is because of unmet needs in childhood. Ah. Now, this is where, as I said, I knew I had depression for decades, I knew I had codependency, but I didn't know why. And then when I found this out, it just like, all fell into place the reason why i developed these intense intense attachments to people that are you know relatively like unstable and love bombing and like doing all these like very intense relationships is because that's what i needed i needed to get some uh like some of that kind of love as a child and i did not like my parents were good to me they weren't terrible they weren't evil but there were like times where like I was very emotional. I'd cry about something and they'd be like, stop crying. What's wrong with you? Like, right. And it's just they invalidated my emotions and it happened numerous times. Like there's one very specific time I remember. Uh, I don't know if I actually remember it, but or there was video of it. So like I can look back on it. It was like my sixth birthday party and the whole family's over. And I got a Jurassic Park toy for my birthday fucking love jurassic park whenever I was, what, a kid. what toy
0: was it which was it uh one of the dinosaurs it was the, or one of the...
1: It was the ford explorer like the okay yeah i had that chamo one yeah, the, yeah. The, the
0: the the uh the hood rips off and there's like teeth marks mm-hmm. on the air mm-hmm. filter and shit yeah oh you know <laughs> oh i know i had that shit yeah
1: yeah so i got that and then they were like I, we did presents and then we were doing si- like singing and cake and i was like look I was I I've, I've never been like a big sweets person. So we did the like happy birthday singing and then like I blew out the candles and then they were like, we're gonna stay here and eat cake. And I was like, I really don't want cake. I just want to go play with my toy. Uh and then they were like, No, you have to sit here, like we're all gonna eat cake. And so I started crying. Like, I don't know, it felt like it's my birthday, I don't want to do this, whatever. Uh, but then as I'm crying, my entire f- extended family sitting around, like my mom, my dad, brothers and sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins. Yeah. And I'm crying. And my dad just starts making fun of me. Like, oh, look at the little baby crying. Look at his tears coming down his face. There's fucking video of this, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you send me that video? It's on a VHS. If, I'll
0: okay. mail it to you. I don't Dig- fucking yeah, know. Yeah, digitize that works. it and we'll you yeah. know, we could put it on the
1: Patreon yeah. or so- something. But there was plenty of times where like I was having an emotion, and yeah, it, the emotion may have been unreasonable and intense, yeah. but like I just needed somebody yeah, to be like you, were, you dude, were how old a little kid, I just needed one of my parents to just be like, "Dude, it's gonna be okay yeah like it I'm sorry, you're bummed out. We'll figure it out, buddy um yeah. and then, yeah, so that's what it is is that I seek out people that are uh that make unhealthy fast connections of for different reasons because like that is giving me what little tiny baby childhood andrew has always Mm -hmm. craved it's like i just want somebody to fucking see me and accept me for whatever crazy shit i'm going through right and uh yeah a little tiny taste of that will be (laughs) is so intoxicating yeah so I figured all this out. Don't know how I'm going to handle it yet. I've just kind of avoided dating since since that last relationship. Um, it's a weird time for dating now, you know. We're kind yeah. of like
0: slowly tentatively emerging from a pandemic. I feel like dating's just been mm-hmm. kind of dating is weird, right, folks? <laughs> um so Stand-up comedy. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, you guys a couple. Um <laughs> but it's what's what struck me about Uh, that story, I mean, there's a couple things, but uh, was that this girl you dated, she was aware she had BPD, um, and yet it seemed like it still reared its head in a bad way, Um, which is kind of surprising to me because I feel like, you know, I... I mean, I know a few people with BPD and if they're aware of it and if they're working Mm -hmm. on it, like it is, it's hard because it's a personality disorder. It's not a mood disorder. It's not something you can just like take a pill for and like it increases your serotonin or whatever. It's like your whole fucking outlook, the, like the mechanism, the lens through which you see the world is all fucked up. Mm -hmm. So it's extremely hard, but you can do it. Um, but what's you know like what i've in my experience the people with bpd who are the most destructive especially in relationships are the ones that they're not aware that they have it or they won't accept that they have it you know and 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 they don't want to do any kind of treatment for it
1: yeah well i'll I'll say like i want to make it very clear like this I, I this is not something i hold against this person like we've all yeah. got our shit like uh, you know p- it's it's hard to talk about your experience with other people and their shit because, like, I in no way want anybody listening to this to hear this and be like, yeah, this dude's just calling his ex-girlfriend crazy. Like, yeah, no, dude. fucking like, crazy bitch, stupid BPD like, lady. Yeah, no. I As much as I hurt as a result of the situation, like, I still, like, feel bad for this person. Like, she didn't mean to do anything she did. Like, I know she right. wasn't, like like i don't know she i guess she also is like a bit of an alcoholic too so like that's like when you start mixing those things she told me that she'd gone and gotten a lot of treatment for the bpd but like she had stopped or like hadn't found a new therapist in a year or something i don't know it's a fucking mess of a situation and like i you know it happens like people are struggling people got to get through their shit it's you know it's, it's not the end of the world like this. I don't want I don't want her to feel bad if she somehow fucking right. finds it. I don't want her to feel bad that if I was healthier, I would have seen the first date trauma dumping as a red flag. So this is on me as well. Right. Um. But it was just like the the severity of this situation, like shook a lot of shit loose in me. Sure. And so it was like it was painful and traumatic, but it was extremely enlightening. And so that's why I like, that's why I want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about, like, just be like, yeah, dude, all my problems are my ex's fault. Like, no, nah, no. Nah, yeah. Nah. yeah.
0: No, I mean, that's, sometimes that's, that's, uh, I, I commend you for taking that, um, that perspective and for making that, uh, that caveat that this isn't, you know, the like, let's just dump on, our exes for being crazy, you know, our, yeah. that's not what this is about. And I feel like, cause also BPD especially is a very stigmatized, um, mental illness, uh, because it is so, it, it does tend to be so, uh, explosive in a lot of ways. And, and it does tend to like be extremely destructive in interpersonal relationships. And it's just, it's a very like fiery, noticeable, like, you know, like, like very forward kind of, you know, mental thing. Um, and I, I feel like especially, you know, I read this, um, I've been doing a lot of research into, you know, research into uh BP I've been watching a lot
1: of Alex Jones so. yeah I've been watching you know, I I've been, I've been
0: you know just like like you just like listening to a lot mm-hmm. of like podcasts while like I, I you know like scratching my balls but like I um what I have found is that BPD gets diagnosed in women three to one um you know more than men um uh, mm-hmm. which doesn't which obviously does not point out that women are more prone to it or that like, you know, like women be crazy or anything. It's that, uh, those traits tend to get noticed and pinpointed and pathologized in women a lot quicker and a lot earlier. Whereas those sorts of traits, uh, in a man often are dismissed or often is just like, well no he's just i mean a like a lot less men with that sort of personality disorder they they don't seek therapy because they're doing great they're like crushing it Mm -hmm. on like wall street and shit you know um but it's also just like yeah they're that's just like a masculine that's just like a dude thing that's just a bro being a bro he's just being alpha he's just being a sigma male you know where it's like that's not the case and uh you know of course, BPD is just as prevalent in 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 men as it is in women, but it's uh it just goes unnoticed, and I think that that leads it. You know, men tend to be a lot more uh, violent and crazy and destructive with their mental illnesses, and it's probably a lot yeah. worse. Yeah. You know when you when you put that shit in a male body full of testosterone, like it's not
1: good. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, in a society where like men are in uh, one, one of one sex is ingrained to think that they deserve and, do- and are like, uh, like there's a societal expectation that they're supposed to dominate the other, yeah like that when you're already unhealthy, that like fucking shit baked into you culturally is like gonna, gonna manifest in some gruesome ways, yeah. um, but also like a lot of men that are like narcissists or uh have bpd or whatever they're just going to be like i don't know ceos and presidents and shit because yeah. they they don't give a fuck about the trail of bodies left behind them and everybody that sees it is like yeah he's really getting up to the top <laughs> like yeah. like i don't know there's uh there's a lot there's it, it was one of those things that like i did not expect to dive as deep into this as i did i was just hurting because uh all this—it was like a light. It was like a, a switch flipped, and like this person just completely changed, and gave me no real explanation as to what happened. Um, and so that it was like very, very bizarre and painful. And uh, yeah, I was like, I need to figure out what's going on with them. And like I'm sitting there, like writing out letters, like what happened? I just hope you're. I hope that you're okay. Oh but, man, and then, you were like, writing watched, letters and shit. I I wrote drafts, my wow. drafts. <laughs> Uh, luckily I'm like, I'm going to write this letter. I'm going to read it two days from now. And every two days, the situation uh, changed dramatically. And I was like, Oh, I'm so glad I didn't send that. Uh, (laughs) Right. but yeah you know we're all fucking flailing idiots right yeah or is that just me is that no a me thing? no we are all right. flailing <laughs>
0: idiots that's the entire <laughs> thesis of this podcast nobody okay thank goodness um, thank goodness I mean I've heard this said before on a different podcast like nobody's cool everybody's scared you know we're all just kind of in this you know and that's fuck yeah pretty true like and um you know I, I mean there was a minute where I thought that I had BPD. Um, I don't think that I do. Um, but it was it's something that I like discussed in depth with my therapist. Um, mm-hmm. And the thing that's uh, crazy about it, you know, like I definitely I for sure have ADHD um, and have, you know, like since I was a kid, now I have adult ADHD. Uh, the thing that's so weird about uh, ADHD and I think like a lot of mental illnesses, uh, it's not so much like they are compartmentalized little categories like a a person with OCD acts like this and has these traits and like mm-hmm. they don't share any traits with somebody who has um You know, anxiety. They don't share any traits with somebody who has depression. They don't share any traits with somebody who has uh, ADHD or or borderline personality disorder. They're like, all of this shit is on a fucking
1: spectrum. Yeah. Like, like a spectrum, a spectrum Venn diagram. A spectrum y Venn diagram. And so,
0: like, you know, like there are, like, ADHD has a lot of overlap with autism. um, Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of my closest friends, I feel like I'm a, like, autism spectrum whisperer where like some of my closest friends are like people who are like pretty far out on the autism spectrum. Um, who often have trouble making friends with other people, but they're drawn to me. And like, I kind of get what their, uh, what their deal is and like why they, you know, talk all like weird and monotone and like droll on about like, you know, just, just drone on about, you know, music facts or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, there's a lot of overlap there. And then there's also a lot of overlap with borderline personality disorder, like extreme emotions, extreme, like rage and, um, you know, hypersexuality, like extreme horniness and, and promiscuity and stuff like that often like is a ADHD thing too, because we just like, we want that that dopamine hit like all we want mm-hmm. is that like the our next fix of um of dopamine it I, I, it sounds like it from your pre-interview you haven't been officially diagnosed with uh with any of that um
1: but no uh, from talking to like multiple friends that have been diagnosed with adhd i don't think there's any chance that i couldn't at least be diagnosed with it i don't know how severe it is but like it's definitely something like the attention like the 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 dopamine seeking is yeah undeniable i cannot fucking shut up if there's anybody around i need them to fucking look at me like yeah and like a lot of the other symptoms that i've heard like it just it really sounds like a description of my everyday experience like anytime somebody tells me what their therapist has said to them and i'm like yeah if i could afford a therapist that would probably be the same thing i'd be here. like yeah i mean well this is a thing like you know it's like we were
0: saying like closer to the top of the show like you are a smart kid and yet you know there's there's a this whole uh population of formerly gifted kids who just like felt like they never really like found a place in mm-hmm. their you know in the world and uh, just couldn't really, like, make the connection with, like, whatever career path they were maybe trying to pursue, or they're just never, nothing ever appealed to them, you know, there's that, um, that uh, Brian Wilson uh, Beach Boys lyric, they say, I got brains, but they ain't doing me no good, you know, that, like, really uh to me kind of sums up the experience where like i get told constantly like oh you're a very smart guy and i'm like okay cool then why am i making like (laughs) 30 grand a year and why (laughs) like don't i have any say like why can't i fucking do anything you know and like Mm -hmm. why am i such a goddamn idiot all the time like if i can't like if i'm so fucking smart like this just doesn't add up um so, I would, like, you know, again, not a doctor, not a therapist, but, like, I would probably guess that that's what's going on with you. Um, You know, and, and uh that, you know, like, so, like,
1: have you seen The Sopranos? No. Oh, but my God, I have, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I have watched The Many Saints of Newark, and I what reviewed it f- for my podcast, having never seen The Sopranos. <laughs> Very funny episode of the podcast. <laughs> That was on the Patreon.com slash worst week yet. If you want to hear three very confused people, I found two other people that have never seen the Sopranos and made them watch it. Okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) watch the Sopranos for multiple (laughs) reasons, but there are two
0: characters to look out for that. I think you will particularly will particularly stick out to you, uh, which are AJ Soprano, the son who often is kind of maligned as like, not like a lot of people don't like him. A lot of people just sort of see him as relatable, like, yeah, he's just like he's he's his son, he's just this like kind of dumb fat kid, and like he's he's um he just doesn't he he's just sort of an idiot and like screws up all the time and is like bad at school and like doesn't really know what he wants to do with his life and like and just like sort of has no drive, no direction, um but later. Uh, Like, really becomes an interesting character because, like, as he ages and gets into his, like, 20s, he develops depression, which, like, Tony definitely has, like, severe depression and panic attacks. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's amazing about that show uh, is, and, you know, some part of me gets irritated when people do this, when they, like, just, like, assign mental illnesses to fictional characters. But like, I think that that's what they were literally trying to do with the show where like AJ is the avatar for depression and, uh, and ADHD, which is my particular cocktail. ADHD and depression. That's my that's my jam. That's me. That's Elliot Smith. That's AJ Soprano. Uh, that's mm. probably Kurt Cobain. You know, that's a, it's a group of like you know just just you're sad. in some good company. I'm there. in some good company <laughs> like
1: you know Kurt half, Cobain. Half of us Keith. killed themselves.
0: <laughs> um, so uh, you know, <sighs> allegedly, allegedly. Um, <laughs> but there's another character, Gloria Trillo, uh, who comes along later, who is. Uh, one of Tony's gumars um who What does that word mean? Uh is like a like a side side chick, like a side Okay. Juice. um right. and she f- like pretty clearly has BPD. Um mm. and so like and and so her character is really interesting. I mean she's like tense and she's really hot and she's you know like things just like turn on a dime with her like she's like making him dinner and then all of a sudden he's walking out and she's uh you know she's throwing a steak at him and like you know just all kinds of crazy shit happens so like um yeah I don't know I would I would I would highly recommend that show just like because it's not even like for the like uh I don't know the 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 prestige TV you know accolades that it does deserve, but it's also just through a mental illness lens. It's a very like layered, interesting show. A lot going on. You know
1: what? I've heard good things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like there's like eighty seven hours of it or something. I might have that number wrong, but there's a lot of it, and that's like a big undertaking. Even if it, I don't, I don't doubt that it is as good as people sure. say. But that's still like okay. Because I'm, I also. I'm the type that, like, once I start something, I can, like, really need to finish it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know what that aligns with or what part of me that is. But, yeah, so, like, I could see the moment that I start that, I'm going to lose two weeks watching it every single day. Sure. Um, A movie that you and or your listeners should check out if you want to get a little bit of fun stuff about BPD in a much shorter per- period of time is. Uh, it's a movie called The Love Witch. Have you ever heard of this?
0: I've heard of this. I haven't actually seen it. I know that it's like really cool looking and like it's they like they
1: like it is perfectly cool. it's Executed
0: like, the like sixties you know art design. Yeah, it
1: look it's a, it came out like three or four years ago, but it looks like it was made in the sixties like perfectly. Yeah. Um, like even like the like it looks like the film grain or whatever. Like yeah. I don't know enough technical yeah, terms, they, but they, like, like really nailed it. Um, Now, the the main character, I was watching this movie and you know what? No, I don't want to give this away. But like the main character, like it seems the entire time that this I saw this movie like a month or so after that breakup where like in the meantime, I learned a lot about BPD. And then I watched this movie and I was like, is this just a visual explanation of what BPD like watching like. The, the main character, like, go through these, like, decisions, and, like, they don't really seem, like, there's it's 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 a really good metaphor for it, where, like, what she wants, like, changes on a dime, and, like, it's you're never really sure what the motivations are from, like, between interactions, but, like, in each moment, you totally see where she's coming from. She's passionate as fuck about what she's doing. Right. Um, it's very interesting, and uh, there's a line in it that I think confirmed what I was saying, but I don't want to give that away. I want watch it for yourself, The okay. Love Witch. See if you see if you can figure out what line it is that that really solidified it for All me. All right,
0: yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna that's my homework. I'm gonna try and uh, figure out which which line that was. Uh, let's mm. talk about perfectionism a little bit. This is another oh thing boy. of yours. Um, you uh, said that you have completed five albums that you've never released to anybody. Well,
1: my mom used to say that an artist's work was never technically complete. Uh, (laughs) I have produced, uh, I've made five albums worth of songs. Uh, I have gotten artwork done for them. I have, you know, worked on them endlessly and then just kind of decided that they weren't good enough to show anybody and kept them to myself uh, over the last like decade or so. It's very weird. Um, I have such different approaches to like podcasting and comedy versus music. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you do, you know, the the, the cliche of don't let perfect become the enemy of the good uh, Mm -hmm. really rings true because nobody really cares necessarily if everything that you make is uh, absolutely pristine and perfect. Uh, Mm -hmm. What they care is that, you know, like most everything that I really like, like, you know, like especially in like the podcast world, it's like a mixed bag and like there's podcasts that i listen to religiously every week and like sometimes they're on sometimes they're not and sometimes there's just like not really like a you know a a thread or like sometimes i get like tired of them for a few weeks and then i come back but like it's the putting it out every week that is absolutely
1: necessary exactly yeah um and with comedy like i do you know jake flores yeah had him on the show Oh, okay, cool. Um, I love Jake. He's uh, good. Like, not a good friend, but like, I really look up to him a lot. Jake, you're listening. What's up, buddy? What's up? Um, What's up, Jake? And uh, he he talks about like the way like like comedy being something like in the room. Like, it kind of gives it this like punk rock. Like, you know, capturing comedy and listening to it on a CD like does not at all give you what you experience being in a room full of people laughing and like, because of that, like, fleeting, like, it's more about the moment than the, like, this being a product of comedy. Like, I walk up onto stage with literally, like, one word written down, and then just try to riff a joke for the entire week. Like, I'll just keep trying to, like, just wing it until I figure out how to do the joke. Like, I do not, I, comedy is not precious to me at all, but it is so fun, like, working on that process, getting it right, like getting it ready for a show. And then like at that point, I'm like, yeah, I'm in the fucking zone. And also like, this is a show for 20 people at some fucking theater. Like who gives a fuck if it's not perfect. Um, but like I'm making people laugh. I'm like, I'm doing personality up there. Like people are having a good time and that's good enough. Uh, but I've worked on, I've been a musician since I was like 14. Like, I've been doing music most of my life and I just cannot get to a place where I like anything that I make. Like it all sounds terrible to me, especially the longer I work on it. Like the more time I spend trying to get it right, the more nails on a chalkboard it becomes to me. Um, and it's, it's a bummer because I write some pretty cool songs, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but like, I just can't execute them at all. Like anywhere near, like I hear them in my head. And then I, like, get a, like, rough version, like, recorded. And then, like, the more I try and fix it, the worse it sounds to me. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, I'm not a musician, but, like,
0: I, I like music a lot. Um, but it's, it's hard to know what the difference is there, really. I mean, I guess you sort of touched on it that, like, you're putting out a finished product when you release an album. Right. And it's supposed to be pristine. But I don't know. I mean, like, to me... I like a kind of a rough album that doesn't, you know, and like some of my favorite things are listening to like getting a, like a deluxe version of an album and listening to like the, the demos, you know, like one of my probably, I don't know if it's actually my favorite. It's one of my favorite Bruce Springsteen albums is uh, Nebraska, which is, was just demos. It was just intent. Like he brought that to the studio Uh he recorded that shit in his bathroom, like 12 songs by himself Mm -hmm. and um meant it to just be like, okay, this is these are the demos. I'm gonna have the E Street band come in and like we're gonna make these into actual like big bands, you know, polished Springsteen-y songs, like big, you know, Jersey epics. Uh, but I don't know whose idea it was, but they were just like, nah, man, let's put it out like this. It's fucking raw and great, and it is. It's just incredible um because it's a little rough and like that was the first spring scene album that i really got into because it was less it took me a while the, the like the big e street band sound with like you know the saxophone and all that shit like took a minute for me to like get really into because like i thought when i was younger that it sounded a little bit corny until i sort of understood like you know this like broadened my horizons and like just you know now i love it but um what got me into it was just like, Oh, this, like, this was probably when I was, you know, listening to like, yeah, a lot of like Elliot Smith and bright eyes and they're recording on like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, four tracks in their bedrooms. And it was just like, Oh, here's him doing that. It's just like very simple and it's flawed and you can hear tape hiss and like, you know, um, guided by voices too, is another, like one of my favorite, uh, bands. And, like it all all those records like their best records are just rough as shit and they just put them out 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 and it's you know there's just this uh I don't know how people get there to that point where they're just like I'm just slinging these fucking things out it's, it's yeah a, it's a pretty incredible step to take
1: yeah and I think it's just like the what I'm trying to do with the songs like I Most of the songs that I write, like they could, you could get a decent version where it's just like me with an acoustic guitar. But like when I sit down, like I'm not a great guitar player, but what, like the one skill that I have is like, I feel like I'm a pretty good, um, like composer, if you will. Like when I write like a little like couple notes on the guitar, I can hear what the other guitar is doing. I can hear what the bass is doing. I can hear how like the bass and the drums are like going back and forth, playing off of each other. I hear all that in my head. And then like you can do so much shit with computers that like I just like map that all out. I map out drums onto a grid with like fucking 3000 drum hits that I put in individually by hand because it's like what I hear in my head. It's, like, to the point that, like, you'd have to be pretty fucking good at drums to play it, but, like, I couldn't play it. Like, I can play, like, a simple drum pattern or whatever, but, like, I couldn't play that kind of shit. Right. And, like, I think that is what I want to release is this, like, what I'm hearing in my head, this, like, intricate, this, like, it's it's not, I'm not, like, playing by, like, on the guitar, right. but, like, when you hear that, like, the guitar like slows down for a second and then like this brief millisecond where it sounds like the song is like slowing down altogether. And then like the bass slides down and the drums catch it on the next downbeat. Right. Like I can do that with my computer. I just can't get it to sound as good as I want it to. And that's Mm. what fucking trips me up. I will spend hours trying to get a single note to sound the way I want it to sound and I'll replay it and re try it a couple hundred times and then I'll be like I'm the worst musician ever this sounds like shit fuck this music I quit the band I'm the only person in the band I quit it every day
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh I feel often like the more time I spend with the project the less I like it mm-hmm. um and I run into the like I don't I haven't drawn in like a really long time but I I you know do on and off Um, and quite often the pieces that I end up liking for a long time later are the ones that I didn't spend a painstaking amount of time on because there is this threshold where I can tell that it's too worked on. Um, Mm -hmm. there is this threshold where I'm just like, I could have stopped like the information that needed to be conveyed was already conveyed in this drawing. And then I kept going and kept adding more fucking cross hatching and shit that just like didn't need to be there. You know, exactly. And, yeah. The and- best
1: uh the best songs I've ever written were the ones where I was like having intense emotions, sat down with my acoustic guitar and wrote the whole song start to finish in a half mm-hmm. hour. Those are the best songs I've ever written. Um and the ones that I toil on for months and months, like if they I I think it's it's hard to listen to him with an unbiased ear or I guess it's impossible. I think they're still good. I think like I've got a song that I've been working on for two and a half years that I think is like, it sounds corny, but whatever. I think it's like my masterpiece. Sure. But like, I hate it. Like it's so, <laughs> it's so unbearable to listen to, to me. It's not that it's, I don't think that it's bad at all. It's just that like, I I'm like, 99% there and the 1% is all I fucking hear, dude. Right.
0: Yeah, it's hard. I, it's, I I don't know how to I don't know how to get past that point sometimes. And it sucks that like there is so much work out there that I think is being made by a lot of creative people and a lot of different disciplines that just never sees the light of day because it doesn't pass that one last little threshold Mm -hmm. um are are these are these albums uh ones like do you want to release this music eventually or is this just like sort of like the like a sisyphean thing that is like now your your project
1: i ideally i would like to i just got like a big chunk of back unemployment like last week and like uh, the computer i was using to record on it was like 10 years old so like i couldn't get any newer software on it mm-hmm. so i was like oh maybe if i spend two thousand dollars upgrading my fucking entire recording studio maybe i will finish this album so i did that and now i'm looking at a brit like a uh, two-year-old imac that i just bought I'm like, am i gonna do anything <laughs> right that was that
0: used to be the excuse and now it's not mm-hmm. now you have to just like actually face the music so to speak
1: but like every time I put out a song or like put out a little snippet, I get all this fucking positive feedback. The little dopamine's like, hey. <laughs> so oh, like, that I don't know. mean, hit though, man. Like, if I could fucking get this shit out, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think it would be everybody's cup of tea. Like, I will, I, I have no qualms about saying, like, I'm not a very good singer. Like, that's probably my weakest point other, mm-hmm. besides like technology stuff i don't understand how a computer actually works um what but even like, are they? i don't know what even is yeah. a computer i <laughs> the files are in the computer what's in there uh <laughs> how do they get in there <laughs> they keep getting smaller but they can also do more i don't trust them yeah. it's witchcraft uh <laughs> but like i don't know it, i i don't think like i wouldn't be a fucking rock star it wouldn't be a hit but i think there's like a decent amount of people who'd be like yeah, this is pretty good. I like this, you know? Right. Is that what you want? Like, is that like
0: at the end of the day when like, you, like you sort of think about like what the end result is, you're just like, yeah, I, just, I put this out and there was some positive feedback or like, is there something more that you, you know, like that you would feel disappointed or crestfallen if it didn't hit that, you know, if
1: it wasn't received in a certain way? Honestly, at this point, just because I've like done this so many times in the last decade, I would be probably I would probably be happy enough just finishing it, like just Mm. finishing a fucking album. Then like, I mean the the feedback would feel nice like if people liked it but like i don't really care like i'm not trying to be like oh i'm gonna sell copies of this album i'm gonna get a band to back me up like i don't want to play fucking music live like it's fun but like the politics of working in a band and finding people that are on yeah. the same page and that aren't gonna get drunk and like fuck off like i don't want i've done that i did that for like my teens and early 20s i never want to do that again that's why like comedy you don't have to worry about Somebody else involved in your performance, uh, getting drunk and fighting you, (laughs) like right, like uh, I, I the ceiling for me isn't I don't I don't really care where it goes. I just I would like to finish a fucking album, uh, and just be like, hey, I made a thing once. How do you How do
0: you think you can work through this wall, though, Andrew? What's What is What do you think? Like the
1: the steps are? I want to help you get through this. I want to see you put this stuff out. A non-arbitrary deadline, like a non-self-imposed deadline. Like, if you give me a deadline, no matter how big the task, if it's unavoidable, I will finish that shit. Like, you give me a fucking 10-page book report, uh, I will wait until an hour before it's due, and I will fucking hammer that shit out.
0: But, uh, right. I mean, sh- okay. So should I like just like give you an ultimatum then? Should I just be like? I've already given myself if one. You- uh, no, I'm gonna I give you. On- if you don't, <laughs> if you don't put it out by the end of the year, I'm gonna drive over to Pittsburgh. and I'm gonna beat your ass.
1: Fair enough, dude. Okay. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just got this new computer, so like. <laughs> okay. Good. Start cracking yeah. on it. Start cracking yeah, on I it. I got. I got it all set up today. I'm I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. You got a month There's and like, a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so who knows? Um, right. I should probably deactivate my Twitter for some of that time. So. <laughs>
0: Here's
1: the thing. Like, I would like to finish an album, but I also want to send out tweets. Like, oh, you know. I you know.
0: know. <laughs> like, when your tweets get likes, I mean, come on. That's the, like, the, I've talked about this before, but, like, even just the little, like, notification up in the top corner of the phone like the little heart oh. icon just like up there and you don't know who liked your tweet yet but you know that somebody did and you get to open up your you get to open up your phone and you get to go to twitter and you get to see who liked it oh my mm-hmm. god it's like cocaine it's like just it like really uh a former guest uh khalid rahman described it as like they designed those apps to be like slot machines like even like down to like the very like the iconography like the hearts and like the little like you know uh icons and shit like it's it's like a slot machine You, you keep you like crank through it like almost like it's like pulling a crank like scrolling is like pulling it and you just keep moving through it it's designed to be super addictive and like i yeah and it works (laughs) it works there's worse addictions to have i think but you know honestly uh, this one is pretty uh pretty intense i've had uh, like a real love-hate relationship with with twitter um how is how is your relationship with with twitter and, and social media uh been lately
1: well uh i'd say the last five weeks has been a very wild ride um If you remember in early October, I was driving the ice cream truck, Mm -hmm. had a little girl come up to the truck, and she was like, hey, I don't have any money, but I found this blue rock. Can I buy some ice cream with it? And I was like, yeah, whatever, kid. Like, give me the fucking stupid... I I saw she, like... There was, like, a pile of them. They were, like, a Halloween decoration (laughs) sitting in the yard next door. I was like, sure, kid. Whatever. And then I tweeted about it because, like, it was kind of cute. And uh, that tweet like got 750,000 likes. It was shared, not just on Twitter. It started getting shared to like Instagram meme accounts. It was on the front page of Reddit. It was all over these different like wholesome Facebook pages. Like, news channels were tweeting about it somebody a friend in india sent me like their country's version of like the daily beast i was on some fucking indian newspaper like i couldn't understand any of the fucking writing but there was my stupid face holding up this little stupid blue rock uh so that was cool Yeah, (laughs) i was literally like the most popular person on the earth for a day like I, like I literally I have friends in Australia I have friends in like uh, in different parts of Europe they were all sending me like why am I seeing you in this like fucking like it was just all over the world right. and uh, yeah so 750,000 likes uh, do you know what that is in terms of dopamine that's uh, man Brad I'm going to answer for you it is called an overdose yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, uh I don't know. It is it's nearly, nearly killed me because what happens after that is it goes away. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say, like, what happened like you're the most
0: like famous person on the internet for exactly one day. And 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 for a good thing. Not even for a a bad thing. Yeah, you weren't even getting cancelled or nothing. Like you just like it was very cute. You gave a girl some ice cream for a little blue rock, like that's very wholesome Mm -hmm. and great. Um and then it didn't launch your career. It didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It I didn't, did. Here's what it happened. It probably got you some more followers.
1: I it assume. doubled my Twitter followers. It doubled my Instagram followers. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, when the tweet was up to like 20,000 likes, I was like, uh, I should like plug my podcast here. And I was like, you know what? No. This is like a wholesome thing. I don't want to like exploit it or whatever. Ah. And then I I muted the tweet cuz it was like blowing way up way too much. But like fucking like Pat and Oswalt retweeted it and shit. Yeah. That's like it this tweet was viewed 25 million times. <laughs> And I was like, I probably should have plugged the podcast because yeah. those listens are just those numbers are just consistently going down. Every week is the worst week yet. As far as my podcast listens go, by the way, you, uh, wait, you fu- didn't plug the podcast ever on that. Tweet? <laughs> I didn't plug, the, I didn't plug the podcast. I'm a fucking idiot.
0: <laughs> that's all Twitter is for, man, is this like yeah. just shameless exploitation of like, you know, I just know. the nice I little know. human feelings that you can get sometimes <laughs> from like a, a ice cream and a blue rock and a cute little girl like i mean like and then I just like okay now people sell <laughs> something
1: okay now i made sell millions something. of people smile and i didn't even cash in i'm a terrible ah, capitalist God, the worst. Um, yeah so that was obviously a big high uh right. and you know i i i still had like a like a decent not just like a decent following but like there's a lot of people that i like regularly interact with on twitter i live i have roommates but like they do their own thing like i have haven't had a relationship outside of that five weeks in years like in the pandemic i was unemployed before the pandemic so i was the entire time just in my house by myself like i got really involved in twitter i'd never really used it before that uh so i'd like built this like kind of community almost um and then what has happened is like people have i guess I guess this is just something that happens when you start to get like a little bit of a larger platform is that like people are more eager to like to, like co- like put you in your place or something. I don't know, like just this last week, uh I had my first experience of actually getting canceled, and um it was it it was for the st- like the stupidest fucking thing. Like, uh, don't worry. You're not an hour and a half into this podcast. You're going to find out that I'm a sex criminal. Don't worry. It was just, it was just a stupid joke. Um, a careless joke. One that like, I, I, I fucked up in a way, but like the, the reaction was just so unwarranted. It was just, it was just like an
0: old tweet. It was like kind of a shitty joke.
1: No, it was a brand new tweet. Uh, I was watching this, dig it up. I was watching this movie, um, over. Uh, Twitter space. So like a couple of us were watching it and there was like a buffalo in it and we were all just like throwing off jokes. It was a dumb movie. We're just having fun. So I like to the group chat that we were in or whatever, I was just like, oh, you know, uh, the great uh, the North American buffalo actually went extinct because they were hunted for their wild wings. Yeah, okay. it's just a it's a buffalo wild wings joke, you know? Yeah, that's like, okay, that that's it that's it um what happened was uh, the next like I put this tweet up at like 10 o'clock at night nothing really happened like it, it, I had a few right. people like commenting like wing jokes or whatever um somebody like linked it an article about like how the buffalo actually went extinct from like white calling up, like uh settlers and stuff and, yeah like, I knew sure that.
0: we all fucking know that
1: yeah I knew that shit so I was just like whatever but like it didn't seem like anything um then the next day like a couple people commented on it and they were like, actually, like the buffalo were like hunted to extinction as a result of like, you know, a, a colonial or a cultural genocide uh-huh. by the white man. Uh-huh. And? and I replied to that because I was like, it's, it's not that like I didn't know that. It's the fact that I did know that. And like, this is so clearly not a joke where the punchline is "haha, dead buffalo. Right. Like, I just I replied to it and I was like, this is a joke about buffalo wild wings. And that pissed the person off so much. They were like, "Well, you as a straight white man under- should understand like the repercussions of like what you're doing in a society where like indigenous people face." And, and like, look, I'm not disagreeing with any of that. Yeah. But like, I like I wrote out five different responses to this tweet because like the, the buff the extinction of the buffalo is not the punchline. Like, yeah, it, it's like I there's not even buffalo um,
0: in, a, in a wing In a, you know it's a
1: chicken wing yeah, actually it that's what a i landed for an animal that i almost explained the concept of jokes which i'm glad i didn't do that i would have looked like yeah. a real petty asshole but that's what i landed on i was like i understand that but like this is literally i'm just talking about buffalo wings uh-huh. buffalo don't even have wings and then uh th- then i like unfollowed that person because i was like uh, you're not fun like this is like, I don't understand why you're being such a dick about, like... Was this person, by chance, uh, Indigenous, Native American? No.
0: Oh, no. wow! Shocker! Were they white, perhaps?
1: They were. And, oh. like, here's here's what I have come to find out after the fact, Yeah, is that an Indigenous girl did see my tweet, and it is also somebody that I've, like, been friends with, like, talked to, not a ton, but, like, a little bit on Twitter. She saw that tweet, and then, like, she said that, like she said that it like offended her to somebody else. And so that's why that girl, right. the white girl was saying something to me. Look, I, in my comedy, like I have, like, I have a reputation as being like the social justice police and like Pittsburgh comedy. Like people will come up to me and be like, is it cool if I tell this joke and then tell me like the most vile joke ever. And I'll be like, no dude. And then they'll tell right. it anyways and get a laugh because I live in a fucking small city. Um, Like I make such an effort to try not to even unintentionally hurt people with my comedy that if, if you would have started from the point like, Hey, this joke made somebody sad. I would have, I don't care what my intention is. I would have apologized immediately and been like, even if that's not what I wanted to do, I'm sorry for doing that. Like I, I I would have owned it because like, I mean, we're all going to fuck up from time to time. Like, you know, I'm, I am a straight white man. I have a lot of cis man. Like I have a lot of fucking privilege. There's a lot of shit I'm ignorant about. Sure. I have no problem taking that shit on the chin and grow and like owning it and growing as a result. But like you didn't say, hey, this hurts somebody. You said, hey, this is the Buffalo did all that. I'm like, I already knew that. Like, was, yeah. I didn't, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So after I unfollowed that person, because like. I was like, this doesn't feel fun at all. Like, I don't want to be your friend anymore. They uh, screen capped it and was like, after being explained multiple times why this joke wasn't funny, this asshole doubled down and uh, decided and wouldn't accept responsibility and then like told people to unfollow me. So like, then my followers start going down and like, I had somebody message me like, like multiple paragraphs about like, this is like somebody I know in real life. Like I met her once and like, you know, she's, she was just like putting me in my place. And it's like, dude, like I understand all of this stuff. Like I know that as a straight white person, we have to be mindful, but like, dude, I was literally just talking about fucking Buffalo wings. Like, (laughs) like I, I'm not saying that even if like, basically my point is, is that people were acting like I was specifically making a joke about genocide, Yeah. which like if somebody read it that way, especially an indigenous person like fuck dude i'm sorry like i did not mean that and i know it doesn't matter if i meant it or not but right you know i'm gonna try not to try to be more mindful but like if your starting point is you are a genocide joker i'm not gonna fucking listen to you <laughs> like no yeah. i'm not like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah yeah so i've had a yeah. uh, some ups and downs in the last month of twitter on social um, media
0: yeah That's how it goes, man. You know, I just, uh, like, before we started talking, like, literally, like, half an hour before we started talking, I was uh, in a DBT work group. um, Okay. Which, DBT is commonly a treatment for borderline personality disorder, to bring it back to that. Yeah, Um, And uh, what we've been working through is uh, interpersonal effectiveness, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, This is, like, our homework and uh, pretty much all of it is about just just the very like there's some acronyms. there's one called dear man it's a it's a it's a acronym. there's one called Give. It's another acronym that are just about uh how to express what you want. Uh, mm-hmm. and like have a, have a clear objective of what you're trying to get out of the person and keep in mind like what your relationship with them is and what you want how you want them to feel about you, how you want uh, you to feel about yourself all of that stuff and like keep all of that shit in check And like it's something that obviously you know like that, that like yeah, we could like I specifically, you know, could stand to work on because, you know, often my confrontation skills are pretty fucking bad. Uh, but I think that uh, fucking everybody needs to just like, you know, uh, I don't know, just, uh, just take a breather and <laughs> just fucking yeah. just, just like, you know, maybe if this person had approached the subject with like, when I heard that I felt this way, you know, and not framing it in this, just like, uh, I went to college speak of like, I know what genocide is and I know what colonialism is. And like, then maybe like, you know, that's how you get an open ear because like, I do like, again, like I agree with this person that like this whole fucking country is just a long history of genocide and slavery and colonialism and, and horrible things. Uh, yeah. but to, to, win somebody over to like actually have a discussion with somebody about that. You have to like get them like person to person, you know, and mm-hmm. just like get them like, to understand like, Hey, like when you say that it makes me feel this way. And here's why, like, can we maybe work on that? Like that's, I don't
1: know anybody who wouldn't be receptive to that. Yeah. Basically like, As I said before, like, if regardless of my intention for the person that it hurt, I can't I have no issue if they would have fucking cussed me out or like said that this dude's a fucking piece of shit, whatever. But like this, this other person assumed my intention, which then it does start to matter. Like, it it doesn't matter what my original intention was. But when your starting point is you assume that my intention was to fucking like, like make a, a joke purposefully hurtful like then then that matters because i'm not gonna fucking listen to you because your starting point is hey dude you like kind of hurt somebody it's hey you hurt someone on purpose you're a bad person right i'm not gonna fucking listen to you No, not <laughs> like,
0: a, like you're a continuation of colonialism and genocide yeah like you're yeah. an embodiment of all of that shit it's like I, I no i didn't like was making a thing i don't know like that's this is the thing that like I don't I know that this is like really shaky ground to walk on because there are like there is that whole like anti-woke contingent of people and like you know you get there joke. are
1: definitely people on Twitter who purposefully make jokes that are hate. yeah, like hiding behind a mask of humor. but, but like it's pretty clear that's not what I was going for <laughs> like, it's I, I don't know like and
0: also like I don't know there's this whole like thing you know the the the, the anti-woke, idea uh, that that people aren't allowed to say anything you can't you know nobody can say anything anymore and that uh and that white men aren't going to be able to talk or say anything at all in the future blah 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 is just like obviously that shit is just like completely fucking ludicrous but i don't think that people on the left are doing themselves any favors when they uh when they Come out just like swinging and frothing at the mouth at people who they don't even fucking know, like like that, or like people who they do know, and there's like all of a sudden it just like turns into this, just like you're blah 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 blah. Don't you know that you know like this is you're well, basically like protecting a a, a a sex offender. You're basically like doing this. You're basically like uh, endorsing uh uh rape. You're basically endorsing genocide, and it's like whoa, whoa. like
1: I was just popping off on Twitter, like yeah um and that's the thing is that like that person did like know me like we've been mutuals for like a year and there's never once been an example of me making any kind of jokes of like punching down or anything like so this wasn't just a random thing she stumbled upon this was like oh i should have at least some benefit of the doubt like i know this guy doesn't do this yeah. kind of thing often like maybe at least be like hey uh you kind of fucked up here. You might want to fix that. Right. I can fucking handle that. I can handle that. Like, yeah, dude, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm going to fuck. I've fucked up plenty of times, but it's just not always in tweets. So like right. you haven't seen it. Don't worry. It's been happening. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. And like, it, again, you know, I, I'm, I try to get as nuanced as I can be. I understand I'm a fucking straight cis white dude, so, like, fuck, don't give any of us the benefit of the doubt. Like, yeah, you're probably right. In the grand scheme of things, we've been given enough chances already that if you're automatically jumping to fuck this dude forever, I can't even really blame you. Like, you know, but just on, like, a person-to-person level, like, if, if what you want is people to be good and, like, make less jokes like this, like, you know, you're like, you can be, like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's no, like, 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 look, This I, I don't want to make this about just, like, uh I am, I'm worried that, you know, like, the, the woke mob or whatever is going to come for me and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't, like, I've been yelled at before. I've been checked uh, on, like, shit that I've said before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, I'm usually, like, okay, fair. And I sometimes have felt that, like, I wasn't treated uh necessarily... Fairly, But like like you said, like if me getting yelled at over social media or even in person is like the worst thing that ever happens to me for just like some things I said, I don't think that that's that like it's not the fucking end of the world. You know, like, yeah, it's, this like, is not going to be like, my Joker moment. I'm not no, going to go Dave like, Chappelle after this. It's like- just like, okay, like that was an unpleasant interaction. I have plenty of those. I live in New York City, you know, like <laughs> I, I, I like this will just be like another unpleasant thing that happened. But like it's it's the larger concern that if we are trying to at on the left, whatever that means to people. Uh, to build some sort of national movement to make lives better for people then we're going to have to reach out to other people we are going to have to like learn how to talk and engage with people who uh, don't agree with us and who don't See where we're coming
1: from, and who aren't going to give us the benefit of the doubt, and who, if your movement, uh, if your movement is supposed to only include people that have never made a slightly off-color joke, guess what? There is not going to be a single person in that movement, including you. Yeah, like- it's just like it, <laughs> this
0: is the thing. Like this is why. Like I have. Like I'm so pessimistic about uh, progress and you know social justice and. Just even just materialism, Medicare for all, like, you know, Social Security for all, anything like that 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 we might be able to, like, establish if we could just get our shit together is because there is so much goddamn infighting and, like, the the accusations that people make towards uh you know like bernie bros for like purity politics and like all of that stuff is like uh, you got us on some of that like a lot of that's true Mm because there are a lot of these like fucking embarrassing people that just like make mountains out of molehills and like and and want to like like really get stuck on things that you could maybe let go you know like that you could maybe just be like that's not great but we got bigger fucking fish to fry
1: yeah, like they'll pull out a pro Obama tweet from 2012, and it's like, dude, I said stupid. Sh- I said even stupider shit like in 2020. Like, it's yeah, like I'm still gonna try and grow and do better, and I hope I want to be a part of this and shit. Like, I don't know. Like, it, I feel pessimistic too because like there is, you know, people all across the country, in all these different kind of bubbles and all these circumstances, all are using this fucking website and all have like probably like 90% of the same politics and like yeah. want the same things. And if only we could put aside some fucking differences, you know, we couldn't do anything on our own, but if we all were on the same team and said, let's go out, everybody talk to five neighbors today, yeah. then we can start fucking doing something. But instead, we're on Twitter fighting about like, I don't know, somebody saying something about Kyle Rittenhouse's mom or like, yeah, it's it's just, I mean like talk,
0: yeah, like talk to like the actual, like other like working class people at your day job, like the other people who you're like moving apartments with or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, you know, who like you could probably get on board and you could get them to vote for somebody like Bernie, even though that's sort of a moot point at this point. Um, If you explain to them materially, like, what that could do for them you know uh but instead all you're known as is the guy who like just like yelled at them because they like said something like crappy about women once and like you didn't like that and like you don't have to like what they fucking said but like it's just like pick your fucking battles bro
1: yeah and and and, Again, I know I'm. It like I every single time I get into this fucking conversation, I start immediately like undercutting myself because like I know I'm saying all this from a position of privilege. Yes, 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 yes. But, yeah. like, no, I don't know. We're, dude. We're, let's establish that we are we're two
0: <laughs> very privileged
1: straight white men. Like we like I understand that. Um It's very easy for me to say just let it go. I understand yeah. that, but also like please just let it go a little bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't fucking know. I don't have the answers. I, I'm just doing my best. Look, you had a nice tweet on Twitter that
0: uh, like made you feel good for like a day and a half, and then just got you yelled at a took, bunch. And it took and it me didn't like even, a month like, and a half to.
1: It took me a month and a half to get milkshake ducked. That might be the record. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. See, and that like Twitter is such a fucking esoteric
0: place that like you have to explain like what milkshake ducking even is to like normal people who like have you know. Lives and stuff, and don't like mm-hmm. m- waste twelve hours a day on that miserable website. What a milkshake duck is is like somebody who like becomes like a hero on Twitter for a day, and then they dig something up, and then they become like Bean Dad is the example, I think. Like Ken Bone, Ken, Ken Bone. Bone, if yeah, you all remember, <laughs> like, it, like they like something. The public opinion shifts on them really fast, and they're discovered maybe to be like kind of a crappy person, or like I think whatever, like.
1: Yeah, like the the joke is like, oh my god, milkshake duck is going viral the next day. Wow, milkshake duck is racist. Like, right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the term milkshake duck. I was like, as the numbers from that tweet were growing, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, what are they gonna? Do? What is what is gonna happen? Oh, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. All right.
0: But, uh, Andrew, this was a really great conversation. This was this really fun. Uh, let's uh, let's talk some more in the future, but uh, we should wrap it up for now. Um, so yeah, let us—we've we've
1: had them long enough. <laughs> let, let our
0: people know uh, how they can find you and your work and uh, your problematic social media
1: presence and your podcast and all that stuff. I am on Twitter too much uh, at Andrew Hillary US. It's spelled weird. I don't know. Figure it out, or don't. I don't really care. I'm also Hillary you with can, one L, which is I think Hillary with one L. Yeah. US. People are like, does that say Andrew Hilarious or Hilarious? And I'm <laughs> like, I mean, I guess, I don't know. Oh, that could uh, almost be like
0: a portmanteau or like a pun,
1: right? Yeah, hilarious, I actually so did hilarious. not do that on purpose at all. I tried to do can, Andrew Hillary. You can really say no pun intended. You can truly <laughs> yeah. honestly say that. Um, it was That was my Instagram name for like three years before somebody said Andrew Hilarious to me. And I was like, what? I didn't right. even, I, I did like US, like United States, like, right. Cause I was traveling and I was like overseas. I was like, yeah, I'm Andrew Hillary from America, Andrew Hillary, US. Right. Uh, this did not need to be this long. Um, <laughs> I also have a podcast called the worst week yet. Uh, we put out new episodes every week where we review the news and, uh, try to make some ha-has out of some wham uh, <laughs> wow <laughs> That's a Uh, wow. tagline. Usually- <laughs> It's fun. I have good guests on. We have a good time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I have a Patreon. I've been pretty shitty about it. Oh, and I've got an album coming out at some point, maybe. Right. You fucking better. <laughs> All right, man. I've either got an album coming out by the end of the year, or I will have a Black Eye by Brad.
0: Yeah, that's what's going to happen. All right, man. Fuck Thanks yeah. for talking. Thank you. Thanks once again to Andrew Hillary thank you for listening please rate and review us on iTunes tell a friend put us in your Instagram stories tag us if you tag at self worst in your stories I'll repost it a fun little parasocial relationship huh that's a fun little wink we can give each other over the internet give us a five star rating that helps us out. It boosts our rankings, gets more ears to the show. You can write whatever in the review. I don't care. And uh, you know, hit me up on socials. Find me on socials. I'm at Radical Pearson on uh, Instagram and Twitter, and uh, Self Worst on uh, 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 just Instagram. Music. Is by Shea Bartel. And speaking of music, another message for Andrew: I am very serious that I am. I want to. I want you to put those albums out for your own good. You understand? Do I need to start? I, I can. I can. When I'm at the gym, I can just send you videos of me hitting the heavy bag and like doing push-ups and shit. Well, that. And just like staring at the camera, like I'm coming for you. Get ready. I better hear that shit. All right. Threatening people and uh, signing off. We already got a. We got. We got an episode next week. It's already in the can. We did it. So I'll see you then. I'll see you next week. I love you. I die for you. I kiss you on the lips. I'm Brad Pearson. Until next time, go out and fail. It's good for you. Bye.